Hello, hello, and welcome to Orbiting the Ghost Planet, your episode-by-episode Space Ghost Coast-to-Coast discussion podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Joe. And this week, we sat down to watch Season 2, Episode 9, the final of this season, Urges. This was a really good episode. This was a... So, first of all, I have to apologize, because last time, you may remember, I said that this episode that we were watching next is called Explode. Yes. I goofed, and I forgot that Urges comes in between <laughs> uh, Jerk and Explode. Uh-huh. Uh, explode is going to be the first the continuation. episode of the next season. Is that going to be the continuation of the the plot? Well, I don't want to give Bomb. anything away, <laughs> so I won't. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> uh, this week we we watched Urges, which... So what what we've been doing is I realize at some point we're probably going to have to sit down and probably wrap up the series with like a, uh, you know, top 10 Space Ghost episodes. Like yeah. if you have to watch Space Ghost, like just watch these and don't do this silly thing that we've done. Yeah. Um, Urges is probably going to go on there. Definitely. Because Urges is a really good episode. Like I might say this is maybe the best episode since Batmantis. It's just sort of like in terms of like overall storytelling there's a lot of good quotable lines in there <laughs> it's a, a lot of good quotable lines there's nice interplay between guests and and the crew as well yeah as... they had good uh interviews to work around <laughs> yeah because because they don't even play out completely as interviews although uh matthew sweet mm. tells an anecdote mm-hmm. um but like there's a good rapport between space ghost and the guests even if it doesn't follow like a traditional you know, talk show interview style format like yeah. they tried to do earlier on in the series. Also, it must be noted that this episode was written by Joel Hodgson of Mystery Science Theater fame. Cool. Yeah. So if, if there's a change in sort of show quality or tone, <laughs> it's because they got the big boys to come in. <laughs> Yet another tie between Coast to Coast and MST. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of them, but I'm kind of crazy. <laughs> So yeah, it's called Urges, and we know why right from the start, because we cut to Zorak sitting in Space Ghost's chair using the monitor to watch stock footage of Mantises, mm-hmm. apparently a live feed from its own planet. <laughs> Mantis mating season. Mantis mating season. Every seven years, just like the Vulcans, Zorak's instincts are kicking in, mm-hmm. and he is going a little nuts being so far away <laughs> from uh, all the activity, Yeah, if you will. Also, okay, the opening music this time yep, was, I don't know what it was, but I liked it. So the thing about that opening yeah, and the accompanying music that replaces the normal Sunny Chirac intro mm-hmm. uh, is that while Zorak is watching all of the the action on his home planet, he goes, wait, I found her, that girl. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts into a very... Uh, Basically, it's a direct reference to the show That Girl, which I have never seen. You have never seen. I've never seen, but thinking about it, I've encountered references to that song, that theme song in other pop culture things a couple times, I think. Yeah. So I, I don't know if this was just sort of like a royalty-free or something in the library <laughs> version that they had, but like it's definitely got that like yeah. 70s sitcom opening theme Mm -hmm. thing going on and then after the theme i (laughs) the first joke that they have (laughs) is just space ghost and visuals in as normal says greeting citizens 
He goes, whoops, and Vizzo's back out, and you just hear, zoop, and he Vizzo's back in. And he just got Moltar going, oh, it's going to be one of those shows. <laughs> Moltar once again standing in for the audience, mm-hmm. you know, echoing what they're surely saying at home to themselves. Yeah. Uh, he decides to just switch to the Lava Network. Yeah, watch which, that instead. Oh man, the Lava Network. I would love to get the Lava Network. That sounds mm-hmm. better than like the Baby Network and the Dog Network. Yeah. I would watch the Lava Network. And then Zorak decides that he's just going to try and end the show by going, well, that's the show. Time to go. <laughs> and starts playing the outro theme, yeah. which spooks you know, an unattentive Moltar into just going, oh no, closing credit music. And he just throws <laughs> him on. Yeah. Before Space Ghost has to shut all of that down. But Zorak tries to convince him mm-hmm. that the show is actually over, and Space Ghost almost believes him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's going, what did we do? Like, what was on the show if we did the show? Yeah, and Zorak's response is to just say, you don't remember? And he pulls out the TV guide and reads the show's <laughs> synopsis from this week. Yeah, because it's, it's you can see three entries for, like, three different channels. And here are the three entries. Uh, first up, uh, on the MAG channel... We have Mad Science. Dr. Morthan and Dr. Starship create the first B-Man prototype. Also, RevNet plots their revenge on the Doctors. Meanwhile, on the Cartoon Network, Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Tonight, the interplanetary talk show host interviewed TV star Catherine Bach and singer-songwriter Matthew Sweet. At the same time, on the Horror Network, Death Watch. Half-naked subhumans on skateboards wreak havoc on the sleepy town of... I don't even know how to pronounce that. Shamflint. Shamflint, USA. <laughs> USSR. China. <laughs> Japan. Do you actually ever remember using a TV guide? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like... I used to be the only one who could read it. Really? Yeah. Is that why you're so into spreadsheets today? No, I just am good at reading stuff like that. Don't say that like you're not into spreadsheets, though. Today, oh, no. I'm like, totally into spreadsheets. Like, already today you tried to convince me to make a new spreadsheet for something. That's because they're a very efficient way of organizing data. If you can read and them. And doing calculations, which I can. See, like, I I would read the TV guide sometimes, mm-hmm. but I would do it the other way, where, like, I would just leave one channel on all day, mm-hmm. and I would memorize, like... The order of the show. The order things are on at what times during the day. Mm-hmm. So, basically, I left the TV on to act as a clock, and I was just like, <laughs> like, oh, Simpsons are on. It's 6.30, or 7, or 8. <laughs> so, Space Ghost superpowers kick in. And you just hear in the background a little... Well, he tries to interpret what his powers are telling him, mm-hmm. which is great. He's a real superhero. He's a superhero yeah. first. He's got the powers. Yeah. He just, we spend like a good 30, 45 seconds as he goes <laughs> over this internal monologue trying to figure out what his powers are telling him. Yeah. Until he eventually comes up with, I got it. Zorak's lying. <laughs> so then he's curious about, of course, why Zorak wants to end the show so early. It's because Zorak has the urge. And Space Ghost goes, typical musician. (laughs) (laughs) And that made me laugh out loud. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) we all know that guy with the guitar. (laughs) He's a guitar guy at the party. He's a typical musician. I don't know. You know, you don't necessarily think about it with Zorak, but like the way that he's portrayed on this show, you could see him kind of like being at a party, not necessarily like working the room, but like being there and drinking the beers and being snarky over in the corner with a small click. I guess. 
like I said, on this show, like, like that's what that's what he's working into pretty quickly. Even though he's still got little bits of that just super villain style of attitude. Well, his whole thing is, I would imagine this whole thing is just kind of like directing attention away from Space Coast. Oh yeah, to like the, bug him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, as we saw last week, nothing bugs Space Coast more than not being the center of attention. Yeah. And of course, so Zorak wants to go. He says, I need to go. Space Ghost says, to get butter and cheese, which is a callback to Spanish translation. Yep. Because <laughs> you got to throw back. Yeah. I, they throw back to that one a lot for some reason. <laughs> it's a good one to throw back to because it's got ridiculous lines in it. Which is, are only in there so that they can make a ridiculous <laughs> joke about like, uh, uh, oh, my mantis looks dashing in a tux. tux? Yeah. Nope. That was not one of Spanish translation ones. That was from... Uh, the French when, one? No, that was when Zorak controlled Space Ghost's mind and told him right. to sell something stupid to School E.D. Yeah. Don't laugh so hard. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so Space Ghost pushed a kibosh on Zorak's request to go home, and we bring out our first guest, Catherine Bach. Who was Daisy on Dukes of Hazard. Daisy Duke, the originator of the Daisy Dukes, <laughs> I guess. I've never seen Dukes of Hazzard. I mean, they're just called that. Well, because that was the thing. Like, that was her whole thing. Like, she was Yeah, like, she that... was the girl. <laughs> yeah, but with, like, all the legs. Like, forever legs. That yeah, was her the character tied, trait. Yeah, the tied shirt with the open midriff. That whole thing going on. Yep. Um, I don't know. She seems like she was a... Uh... It's hard to tell if she was an okay interview because they just went silly with the interviews. In yeah. Um, like, you can just tell that, like, for, for her interview especially, there's a lot of answers that they made up new questions for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they just... did it for both of them. That's what I was having fun with this one because it was one of those where you can kind of tell what the question they actually asked them was mm. and then how they reused it for the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Well, because part, uh, part of Zorak's earlier... What do you call it? Part of Zorak's earlier bluff was that Catherine Box tells a uh, an anecdote, an amusing anecdote about a bowling trophy. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, Space Ghost asks, "Hey, do you own a bowling trophy?" And she goes, "Yes." And <laughs> everyone laughs and laughs and laughs. And there's no anecdote; it's just a fact. It's mm-hmm. a fact about a bowling trophy. Yeah. And then she somehow eventually gets into talking about black rhinos. And how they're almost extinct. So she's talking about, like, how they're trying to get them to breed with white rhinos to just kind of raise the population a bit. Mm-hmm. But, of course, all this talk about mating sets Zorak off again. It, it's, it's actually one of my lines that... Uh, I forget what the last one was that I said, like, the lines that live in my heart and are sort of my go-to lines yeah. in normal conversation. But... Uh, Catherine Box says that the rhino does not breed in captivity, and Zorak just from the other side of the room just goes, "Nor do I," <laughs> and just it's just a, just a, such a good flat interjection. Just nor do yeah. I. Uh, she also reveals an interesting fact: there's no Siegfried and Roy in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Which then goes into this strange interlude where Space Ghost has to to be like. 
uh, was it divest sell all of my stock in South <laughs> Africa? Yeah. Which first of all, what does that mean? <laughs> Second of all, he goes he goes into one of those little like fine print moments of uh, the views expressed or my own and you yeah. represent a station or its uh, executors, which I only mention because they went through the trouble of dropping out the ambient hum of the set mm -hmm. while space ghost says that line to just add to the, <laughs> the gravitas fine, to add to like the fine printiness of that sentence yeah. like, okay yeah all right space ghost <laughs> has the power over ambience mm -hmm. when legal matters are, are there sure <laughs> and i think at this point uh space ghost asks sorak why he's like freaking out so much about mating season and then using Moltar's knowledge of Manta's mating habits, they sort of backwards engineer. No, well, because what happens is then, because Space Ghost goes, oh, wait, is this your first time? Which, by logic, <laughs> it must be, right? According to Moltar's scientific knowledge, <laughs> he backs this fact up. Why would Moltar know? You know what? I wouldn't put it past Moltar to be the kind of guy who's just like low-key bug nerd. <laughs> That the I think he's a nerd in general. He would just kind of have that knowledge. I mean, he, like he's kind of he's always like more low key nerd because like last week he was setting up a fishing date with yeah. Palmer Mills. Remember that guy's name? Yeah. Well, anyway, so Moltar of course points out that since he's a mantis, when mantises mate, the female rips the head off the male. So since Zorak has his head, it's his first time, which makes me realize. That if it happens every seven years, then he's younger than seven years. He's only seven years old. <laughs> well, <laughs> assuming that this is his first time coming around to, to Mantis mating season, it could be that he was just, you know, similarly imprisoned during past Ma Mantis season. True. Mantis seasons? <laughs> the season of the Mantis? <laughs> the Night of the Lepus? Mm -hmm. What are we... <sighs> And then sort of uh, around all of this talk and Zorak's continued flusterness at uh, the talk of his uh, sexual conquests mm -hmm. or what have you, uh, we bring out Matthew Sweet, mm -hmm. who is a singer-songwriter. Yep. Um, um, but yeah, uh, his his responses, I was like picking out what the questions were beforehand because they definitely, um, when Space Ghost makes a comment about how he has superpowers and he can heat up the whole ocean in like five seconds with his uh, heat ray, and he asks Matthew Sweet if he has any like heat powers or anything, and then he makes a comment about like if it's to bake a potato or boil an egg. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, they asked him about his cooking prowess, and that's about the extent of his cooking ability. I don't know, like, because he, he was. He was clearly playing along. There's one point where uh, Space Ghost asks for an aside to check on Zorak's progress. Mm -hmm. And he tells Matthew Sweet, hey, could you hold your breath while I ask Moltar this non-show related question? Mm -hmm. And he holds his breath. Like, we don't know how long he actually held it in the interview, but he was willing to play along and do silly things. So I kind of get the feeling that he actually got asked sort of silly in-character Space Ghost questions and was just playing along. Also because I believe... I think this was a case where part of why Matthew Sweet appears on this episode is because Joel Hodgson is was a fan of his. Mm -hmm. So I think he actually wrote some questions and they went out to get that interview specifically for this episode. <laughs> so it's entirely possible like some of those questions were silly and prepared for him. 
I don't know. I feel like the intonation is the way he says it. He's answering a different question. Could be. That's the way the whole show feels, though. <laughs> that's that's the whole show. It feels like it's answering a different question. Mm-hmm. Mm. And his answer to whether Space Ghost should let Zorak go back to his home planet, his answer is have a good time all the time. That's words to live by. That's advice that yeah, I take. Yeah, that's on. what I mean. That, the question is probably like, what advice do you have for like young people <laughs> for, or something? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. That that's that's that is what I tell young people. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say, just overall, like he comes off better than most guests do because yeah. he doesn't really get ripped on. He doesn't really get sort of belittled. Like there's there's no really push that there's like a plug that he wasn't allowed to do, yeah. and he was just playing along. And like Space Ghost likes him. Yeah, Space Ghost was just like, hey, I'm pretty keen on you. They do. <laughs> Space Ghost. Since since at this point Zorak has taken to Phantom Cruiser and gone back to his home planet, yeah, that happens. All right, mm-hmm. and like that happens right before the break. When we come back from the break, there's a little talk about there's like big nasty sandwiches, just mm-hmm. sandwiches that you go whole hog on. <laughs> um, to which uh, Space Ghost says, uh, "Asked, uh, you ever just want a big sloppy pork chop sandwich?" To, and mm-hmm. Matthew Sweet says, yeah, uh, we did that once. It was pretty nasty. I had to cancel a couple of shows, <laughs> which I've had a sandwich like that in my time. <laughs> but then to fill in for the lack of music, mm-hmm. Space Ghost reveals a new talent that we did not know of his. <laughs> he can play the blues harp. Which is a harmonica. It's a harmonica. With his little logo on it. <laughs> and just like the... The detached animation hand yeah. just over, like, it's over the animation where he's normally pushing his, like, chest communicator, yeah. but it's just the disembodied harmonica <laughs> with hand just going in front of the, oh, it's pretty great. And, of course, he's, he can play the harmonica, but um, in the way that, like, most people play it, where they just can blow the one note at a time thing, just, like, individually. But you know what? He goes for it. He plays home on the range, so. Yeah. <laughs> And he gets Matthew Sweet to tell a sad story about breaking beer bottles. Yeah. Uh, beer bottles, pretty sturdy, is the hook of this blues <laughs> song. It's a it's a weird, it's mm-hmm. a strange interlude. And then then there's a part where Space Ghost mentions that he knows Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Because they talk about how they have to go to the House of Blues and Blues Brothers yeah. and so on. I, I just is watching, I sort of put that together when Dan Aykroyd <laughs> comes up. Ugh. But yeah, Space Ghost knows Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And, and then, of course, he goes to... He want, he asks him to hold his breath to... Or was the holding the breath earlier? I don't know if that was now, because he... That, that is cut now. To, Yeah. Okay, so he asks him to hold his breath while he cuts to live feed of Zorak so they can check in on him. Yeah. But they cut to Zorak in, in, on his home planet at the bar. <laughs> yeah, and watching his trials and tribulations with Mantis women. Yeah. I, gotta I say- love all the Mantis women. It's just Zorak in, in one of those like Betty Page wigs. <laughs> yep. The the last one that he was talking to has like a whole different outfit on with like a weird turtleneck kind of thing. Well, I was going to ask about that one cuz it I was going to ask if that was like original animation that they drew for that or it looks like an edited like Jetson's woman or something. Nope. That was fresh animation drawn to look like <laughs> it might have been pulled and edited from the old show. It's weird. They did a good job of keeping the consistency of everything looking like yeah. cut out parts. It's so weird and sort of impressive when you realize what's happening. Mm-hmm. 
the whole thing about Mantis flirting mm-hmm. dynamics is that it's very blink heavy. Yeah. More than you might think. Well, because every time they blink, they make that noise. Yeah. But everybody has like a unique noise. <laughs> I don't know if that's specifically like a, a gender difference in Mantises or if like everyone has a unique blinking noise. Yeah. Or like um, when we had the uh, the Mantis audience mm-hmm. on the last episode, I think they all made the sort of Zorax style yeah. blinking noises. Well, they're Just... all his family. Maybe it's family traits. Could be. It could be a family. It could be a genetically inherited <laughs> through family bloodlines. It's like high blood pressure. <laughs> what your blink sounds like. Uh, but yes, yeah, so when they cut back from that for a split second on the screen as it's going like between static and the like the holding pattern, um, there's a live action space ghost image mm-hmm. for like a split second sort of also mixed in with the girl dancing in the cage for yeah. some reason they <laughs> like to throw weird things in there mm-hmm. um but yeah they there there is a, a quite a bit of live action space ghost footage around they use a by lot of, them or by other like by other them. movies okay um there was a, a bit used for cartoon planet bumpers there was a bunch used for just like commercial stuff. Uh, when we get to, uh, actually, in the next season, the DVD case of of the the next volume has live action Space Ghost still images. Oh boy, it's pretty great. So yes, they see Zorak picking up a girl, and it cuts back to them, and Space Ghost and Multar realize that. Zorak's probably going to die if they let him go any further. Well, Space Ghost only realizes this after checking the tape when he realizes oh, right. that there's something that he has forgotten that Moltar has told him. Right, because Moltar says, warns him that it's like, oh, man, he's not going to be coming back. Space Ghost is like, why? She's like, I told you earlier in the show. She leads to the good Space Ghost line, I've, I have to remember. I've got to use my memory. <laughs> um, which I also, I don't know, anytime... It's kind of like that Spaceballs moment. Anytime that you have to look at the footage of the show that you're currently yeah. making, I always love that gag. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they realize that there's a problem. Space Ghost tells Matthew Sweet that he is a superhero first and a talk show host second. Yeah. So he zaps him to end the interview, which even the ones he likes, yeah. he ends up zapping. So I don't know, Space Ghost. I think it's just because he doesn't know where the off button is. <laughs> The offer to superhero-ness? For... No, the offer to interviews. Oh, I guess. <laughs> so at some point they mentioned that uh, Space Ghost might have a remote control ray for controlling that monitor. Oh. So he may just be doing that. Hitting the wrong button. He may just be blasting them. It's the same effect in the end. Yeah. So then they, they talk about how since Zorak took the Phantom Cruiser, there's not mm. really much that they can do from here. So they just go into this little sadness thing. They talk about, you know... It's like, oh, I'm going to miss him. My little friend who used to try to kill me. He used to drink toner out of his coffee mug. Boy, he sure did love that toner. Um, we'll have a Zorak commemoration day. And we'll have Neapolitan ice cream and parades. And then Zorak walks back in. Yeah. It's like, Zorak, you're alive. Molto just goes, darn. I wanted that Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> He's so cute. I love it just because it's like Neapolitan ice cream is the correct term. But, like, when do people actually say that? When they're referring to the three together. I guess. Like, instead of to a specific flavor that they plan on eating, I guess. Because <laughs> whoever eats the strawberry ice cream... You know what? I bet I would have a taste of strawberry ice cream in its day and age. It's pretty good. Yeah. Neapolitan ice cream is probably great, but it is weird. Mm-hmm. 
Why is it Neapolitan? It's because it's Napoleon's favorite three ice creams? I have no idea. The world may never know. <laughs> mm. So yeah, so Zorak's back, and he has his head. Which just confuses everyone. Well, when he first walks in, Space Ghost thinks he's a ghost. <laughs> oh, that's Space Ghost. Yeah. But he says, well, some, you, can, you can open up here. It's a safe place. You couldn't close the deal, could you? <laughs> Zorak says, no, that wasn't the problem. That lady wasn't really a lady. <laughs> and we got another good quotable line. Just, wait a minute. You were digging on a dude? <laughs> That's a good line. Mm -hmm. I wish I had more chances to say that line. <laughs> um, yeah, because Carl is a member of a male mantis resistance movement. Yeah, who keep, ma who keep male mantises from mating at the moment when their urge is the strongest. Lured him back to his nest where they ate barbecue and talked about sports until the urge had passed. <laughs> like okay like that that's a weird funny scene on its own yeah. but just sort of like just sort of like the just laying it out there secondhand telling <laughs> of, this, of the incident is pretty great yep space ghost wants to know who owns the rights to that scene mm -hmm. it's ted turner <laughs> it's like oh forget it because ted turner is the most powerful man in the turner organization more powerful than hulk hogan mm -hmm. and hulk hogan has lots of muscles yeah so Zorak's back, and he's ready to get back to making Space Ghost's life a living heck. And Jess does his evil laugh about it, mm -hmm. and Moltar joins in with the evil laugh. And then Space Ghost, Space joins, Ghost in joins in with the laugh. With his ha-ha-ha laugh. Moltar pulls on his evil laugh lever, and we get scenes from Johnny Quest, yeah. and <laughs> Muttley, and Dick Dastardly, and the Herculoids, and just everyone laughs, and then the credits just cut in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it continues the That Girl reference from the opening. Yeah. And that's it. Pretty good episode. <laughs> that's a pretty good episode. Uh, and like we said, that is the last episode of season two. Mm -hmm. Just sort of to check in uh, on the time, you know, this this episode leaves off and we're in October of 1995. Jeez. I um, would have just turned six. Yeah. Pokemon was not a thing yet. Jesus. Yeah, how do you like that? <laughs> Actually, that it's weird that I use that as a standpoint. I think it Well, might... for our generation it kind of is like one of the But just like markers. Very specifically, the first like VHS tape of like off-air Space Ghost episodes I have. Mm -hmm. It when you start the tape from the very beginning, it comes on in the middle of a commercial. And it was one of the commercials where they were putting out the recall for the Pokeballs that came in the Burger King meals because kids <laughs> were suffocating on them. Oh, my God. So, like, I didn't become archival about Space Ghost <laughs> until the post-Pokemon era. Uh -huh. Just, like, for timing ideas. Did I you guess. watch these, like, when they first aired? No. So or did you get into it, like, once it had been going for a bit? Like, whenever that was, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is probably closer to, like, 98, 99, mm -hmm. I only got into it a little while before that. So, at this point, I was only in sort of aware in the periphery of Space Ghost, because mm -hmm. it would come on 11 o'clock on a Friday night, but, like, not, like, it's not something I ever looked up or anything I ever saw a commercial for. It was yeah. just, like, sometimes I would catch it at the right time and just be like, oh, hey, there it is. What is this crazy thing? <laughs> and it's already gone. Mm-hmm. It was very sort of uh, 
ephemeral. And then we don't see a new episode of Space Ghost again until February of 96. So they basically take a Christmas off. Yeah. But we won't be taking such an extended break. We will see if there's a, a bonus thing that we can look at before starting the next season. Mm-hmm. But either way, you will see us again next time when we sit down to watch another episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast and complete another orbit around the ghost planet. Good night. You have been listening to Orbiting the Ghost Planet, an Aliku Studios podcast network production. You can visit the show page at alikustudios.net slash podcast slash ghost planet. There you can find the rest of our episodes, the RSS feed for the show, and links to our Facebook page where you can talk about this and all the other Liku Studio shows. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, you can help us by leaving a quick review and rating. Please visit alikustudios.net to learn more about us and what we do. That's O-L-E-E-T-K-U.